Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. So, episode three, uh, we recorded this, uh, found out right after we recorded it that uh, totally didn't have the mics plugged in, <laughs> so <laughs> just listen to it if you want. Uh, a lot of good points here by me and Pat on episode three. I'm very, I'm very proud of our comments on, on some of our deep dives we went into. Um, just probably to, our best episode to date. Sorry. I mean, you can hear you can hear it. It it sounds like Pat's underwater, kind of. And so, a lot of good points. It's only one episode, only this episode. Uh, we promise. Yeah. After this, we are right back on track with it, making sure Mike is always plugged in. Mike will be plugged in <laughs> moving forward. And yeah, this is a great podcast episode. So definitely listen to it. Okay, let's get it. Cool. Okay. Episode three. Actually, this is episode four. This is our third. We skipped an episode. This is our third installment. So I'm with Pat. He's the pipes to my wind. That's our nickname, Wind and Pipes. Okay. Before we get into the timeline, I just want to say Puka Shell Watch, Choker Watch. Episode four on. Still happening. Still on. We know they come off at some point. We just don't know exactly when. Quick theory about this real quick, if I might add. Yeah. <clears throat> you did point out that at some point in this episode that Luke does look like he's at least 34 years old. Minimally. Playing in high school. I'm thinking that the, uh, the necklaces were intentional to make both Luke... Oh, uh, bring him down in age? Yeah. Just because yeah. both look super old. At least in their mid-thirties, flying high school kids. I think the necklaces were considered an effort to try to like. You know what they could do too is just this is O three, so this is like at the tail end of like Game Boy, Game Boy Colors. They could just always have him walking around with a Game Boy to really lower his age. Like oh, this thirty-five year old, but he's always carrying around like a. Like one of those like uh, what was those like Sega things that came out for like a hot second. Uh, game I don't know, but give give him some some. He needs accessories. He needs something. Yeah, he needs accessories. So, anyways, we'll keep that watch going. The as tuxedo a, is one. Remember tuxedo is this episode. Oh yeah, it was right. Awesome necklace. It made him look at least decent. Yeah, when he goes business casual, it's essentially I feel like this guy is my counterpart in the workforce. So they have to keep him like out of business casual as much as possible. His his shirt needs to be unbuttoned at least halfway down to his navel for us to have any chance of thinking that he's around 16 years old. Uh, this episode does start off with Ryan being officially adopted by the Coens. So oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Which, by the way, just... A very expensive thing when you think about it, because they're going through like, oh, now he needs clothes. Now he needs literally all the towels, like adopting a teenager like midlife is I couldn't afford it. There's no chance. Um, once you pay for all those towels, I think it's especially. Yeah. If you're getting from Pottery Barn towels, like 
expensive as shit. So, all right. They're rich. We missed them. Okay, then, okay, we start out there. Then where, where do we go from there? Uh, at that point, um, they kind of have a warm family moment where they're all kind of excited about the adoption. Um, this episode, the kind of main theme here is Kikillian. So they're getting excited for Kikillian next scene as they go off, and everybody's setting up for Kikillian. Okay, hold on. Before, right before we get to Kikillian, because I, I wanted to make note of Sandy when he's coming home from that. He goes surfing every morning still, keeps him young. Um, yeah. If, if you'll notice it because uh, they shove it down your fucking throat every single episode that Sandy's coming back from a, a surf. Wait, is Sandy chill? Yeah. I wasn't able to... He is? What do you I mean? I wasn't able to pick up on that from watching. What do you mean chill? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's chill dude. Okay. He's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The big, big thing, big takeaway here from Sandy this episode is I just realized, because he's wearing flip-flops and, like, board shorts and, like, uh, like a cool t-shirt la t-shirt and i was thinking there's just some either you reach a certain age or there's just like some dudes who cannot wear they always have to be wearing dad clothes and sandy's one of them like when he's in when he's just wearing board shorts and he's like my dad like my dad hangs out just lounges around shirts always tucked in if it's like Saturday or Sunday and it's like watching the Bengals game or, or whatever and he's just lounging around the house in sweatpants that were bought in 1984 with the – now they're kind of coming back with joggers. but or, or gym shorts, his shirt's always tucked in and I feel like that's just a prerequisite once you get to a certain age and Sandy's there. Or when yeah, yeah. outfits just for hanging out. But yeah, it's Sandy. No you can wear gym shorts and a cut sleeve shirt if you're just not doing anything. Yeah. Because you have like an outfit that says, I'm not doing anything. So um, now I'm going off of, okay, Sandy can't wear cool guy LA board shorts. What does my dad wear when he goes to the pool? Well, he wears, like, again, a swimsuit that fits awfully. It has the drawstring. It, had, it, it hasn't fit right in like 30 years. He hasn't bought a new swimsuit in 30 years. Is that what Sandy needs when he's surfing? So it's clear. You can see him offshore. Oh, there's like a 57-year-old man out there. Yeah. That guy's not cool. <laughs> he's not cool, yeah. He's chill. He's, he's chill, cool. and I like that he's chill, but... I feel like if the, I'm surfing, I'm wearing a wetsuit. I've always wanted to wear a Oh, especially in the like Pacific the Ocean. Yeah. Remember when we were there and how cold that was? Like, cold. yeah. I, I'm just talking... I just want to have a wetsuit on. I'm done surfing, so I zip it down a little bit and then take the top. Yeah. But I got pants on. And then, I feel like that's the coolest. If Sandy's doing that, a bonus for all the ladies. Sandy doesn't take a shirt off. For yeah, yeah, I don't think I ever saw him shirtless, and that's probably because just based on his eyebrows, his chest hair is probably it'd be explode. I mean, it's probably coming through the wetsuit already, even though that's like a tough fabric. Like I'm sure it's it's popping through. So, like, if he's shirtless, everyone has to, like, stand, like, 10 feet away from him because you just never know. I also take him for a big nipple guy. Yeah, yeah, big, big pepperoni nipples. So, uh, we're at Cotillion. Yeah. Um, a lot of the plot around this is uh, who's going to be his partner. A lot of tension around this. Um, yeah. We get introduced to a new character in Anna. Yeah. What, yeah. Okay, thing on her is HD was not kind to her so when this was filmed there was no hd this is 03 a lot of makeup you can now see it when you watch it back on hulu and 
not great skin. A lot of makeup covering up acne. It takes me back to my days when I was in high school, just blowing through zits like crazy on my you face. With like, yeah. Your concealer. oh yeah, I had I had a time or two. I would grab like my sister's concealer and I had to cover up like a real big one, and then uh, it was always like different shades of my skin, and so uh, it was always just clear that I sucked. Good thing HD was around. Yeah, good thing HD was around, and I wasn't trying to be an actor, but uh, so but she's like very attractive though. That that all that critical stuff aside, she's very attractive. The only negative about her is she's trying to kill this like weird pixie haircut that just like disgusts me more than anything. Like I don't short haircuts, I don't understand them. I don't understand. There's no point to them ever. It can never it can never improve your look as a lady, I feel like. At best, you're just going to maintain. There's no upside is what I'm saying. She's very pretty, very attractive in in the short haircut just it can only hurt. I feel it can like only if, hurt. if this is made in 2018, or should I just say 2018 Anna, is it that character, Kevin? She's got uh, at least Buzzed one. haircut? She might still have the pixie bump thing, at least one sleeve tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Around. Yeah, because... Which would help the hair. Yeah, for sure. I agree. There, she would definitely have tattoos. Um, okay, so then, did you cover when they were getting ready for Cotillion that... that oh, wait, we aren't there yet. No, uh, getting ready for Kitsilla and there's dance partner and stuff. Okay, yeah, they're dancing. Yeah, they're dancing. They're dancing. Their outfits, uh, rides and pursuits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Funny line, another, this, this, um, so a lot of homophobia in 2003 because we covered in when uh, Luke, like, first talks to, to Seth at that uh, charity fashion show or whatever, he says, suck it queer. Mm -hmm. And then in this episode, um, some one of Luke's boys say to him when he sees Ryan dancing at that practice with Marissa, he says, "Oh man, look at look at Chino moving in." And then Luke's like, "I'd be jealous if Chino wasn't gay." Yeah. <laughs> and so there was just like there was just an insane amount of homophobia back then. Um, okay, so what else happened there? They're still going to LA parties that there's just girls dancing in bikinis. I have another point on that too. Also, a really. Uh tense moment where Ryan zips up Marissa's dress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, about, that's like where they first start doing this whole thing where they showcase the sexual tension by just slow motion and playing unreal, like, indie music, and... The two will never really have good conversations. No, no. The whole romance is fueled mostly by the soundtrack and the speed at which the, uh, the shots were real slow. Real good music. I'd I'd love I'd love to just be in slow motion like at one point in my life. I or you know take a video of myself like doing something and then just put it in slow motion, put sweet music to we it. We could do that. Get, we we'll could. That'll be bonus. That'll be in the video footage. Um, but it would just be amazing to see what I feel like. Everyone looks sweet in slow motion with cool music. It's impossible to not look sweet. Yeah. So I'd love to do that. Um, another thing about the L.A. parties, the L.A. high school parties. So you and I lived in L.A. for three, four months back in 09, as we already talked about. We single-handedly brought V-Next to California in 2009. That's a fact. Um, again, I don't know what these parties are all about. I'll, I'll tell you what the parties were like when we were there, uh, just in college, having no like credibility or, or stock in anything. 
a lot of just random dudes coming up to you trying to convince you how cool and sweet they are and offering you like Hugh Jackman screeners yeah. to like the upcoming Wolverine movie way to less, prove to you that he's cool. Way less bikini tops and way more um, screeners. A lot of screener offers. Like a lot of screener offers of like, hey, yeah, my sister's boyfriend's cousin is a PA for Hugh Jackman's nephew. So I got my hands on a screener for Wolverine, the second Wolverine movie, if you want it. OC, LA, parties, not a care in the world. Uh, actual Drugs LA, everywhere. Everybody's concerned. Everyone's uh, concerned that they're not looking cool enough to random college people with no money who are just there <laughs> trying to get buzzed on Keystone Lights. Um, so the kind of the whole undertone uh, during the whole Cotillion episode is that Jimmy is owing a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, this is He's the Jimmy underwater in his kitchen. Yeah, so Holly's dad. So Holly's dad is asking Jimmy for like his couple hundred thousand dollar investment back because he wants to invest in some commercial real estate deal. He sell that beach house that he never uses. Well. Who? Holly's dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that might be like a yeah a more sound, just get money quick if you need it type of thing versus just pulling money out of the stock market. Because we get it. Jimmy's doing like some Ponzi scheme thing or whatever before Bernie Madoff made it cool. But I, I feel like... Here's... Well, Holly's dad has two options. Either A, you beat the shit out of Jimmy because he doesn't have the money. Yeah, which beat the shit out of him. Or B... Maybe rent out the beach house that he just lets his daughter do cocaine on her. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, rent that out. Rent it out. Get someone in there who like has a good credit score. You know that they're they're comfortably going to pay their rent every single month. Upcharge them a little bit I mean, for the scenery. This is just another example of how shitty of a financial advisor Jimmy is. Terrible. Jimmy nothing about money. Nothing. Could easily just help him out right there. I think, yeah, we're both pretty not good with money, and, and we're both know like this is not – all right, so at this point, I've, I feel like it'd be a perfect time to give the MC ITW of the week. And I just want to clarify, I kept fucking up earlier calling it the WCIW. Intern Whitney pointed that out to me. We're going to have her come in a little bit or give, give some hot takes. Um, MC ITW, again, that's Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. This is brought to you by our first sponsor, Wicklowware. Be free and explore. Check out Wicklowware.com for all your outdoor gear. Um, okay, I got two for Marissa Cooper's The Worst of the Week, MCITW's. One, this is where we really see that Marissa's just the worst fucking girlfriend of all time. The worst. Like, watching this back, I realize I side with Luke on 99% of the stuff that goes on. So they go to this cotillion, or no, first, when they're at that party, Luke... Luke's uncomfortable because she's just always with this other dude. She's always with Ryan. And I don't think that's ridiculous. If your girlfriend or wife is always hanging out with just some other dude in places you're at, one-on-one, in slow motion, yeah, you're watching her in slow motion with some other dude with cool music playing. I'm just confused. Yeah, I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, if you're trying to suck his dick constantly, no worries. Let me go try and hook up with Holly on the beach again. Like, Just let me know. Let me know. Like, I won't keep trying to take you out on my sweet-ass boat. I don't know. Make a decision, chick. Second thing, uh, second MCITW of the week. Okay, Marissa decides that she's just not going to go to Cotillion initially. Ryan's also, separately, 
decided he's not going to go. Nobody's going to Cotillion. No one, uh, yeah, at this point, like half Cotillion yeah, members aren't going. should be contacted because the, the food's going to be off. I'd, I'd be worried if I was that bitch lady who's always getting all these events together and like if just half the people didn't show up and you're like, yeah, we're catering. Uh, I rented out like a hundred seat place and now only 50 people are going to be here. Yes. And Marissa's not going. Logistical Ryan's nightmare. Not going. Sandy is not going. Yeah. So, okay. What, again, the second MC ITW of the week. Marissa just goes to Ryan's house, the Coen's. In, instead of like going to this cotillion, doesn't let Luke know at all. Doesn't make a phone call, doesn't send him a text, just doesn't, stands him up. Insane. Completely insane. Then she goes and she's just, what she thinks is going to, she thinks all the Coens are at this cotillion and it's just going to be her and Ryan alone at the house. What else could happen there besides a hookup? I've got a couple Are they all hookup related? Yeah, so. Yeah, so you don't know. <laughs> All right, so that those are my two of the week. Again, brought to you by Wicklow Wear, wicklowwear.com. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear with Wicklow Wear. <laughs> Go ahead. Next in the timeline. All right. Uh, so uh, while we're at Cotillion, we realized that Anna and Seth have a very good chemistry, but it's based on pretty much they just have the same interests. She's just a really cool person, mature beyond her years, and she's kind of a. She's kind of a shoulder for Seth the crime. Yeah. So, intern Whitney. Yes. You want to come in here and we get some of your thoughts here. Sure. Intern Whitney works at our at our podcast studio. Uh, she's doing a really great job. She crushes it. She handles all the logistical stuff behind the scenes. So, intern Whitney. Whitney. Uh, we would like to know, so with Anna, she, her and Seth get along a lot. And what she says to Seth is that her number one thing that she's into is confidence. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the same way if a dude is like half good looking, but he's just got a crazy amount of confidence? Do you feel like that makes up for a lot of misgivings or like downfalls he may have? Confidence. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's uh, definitely a uh, common trait among females that we tend to be uh, less visual, personality-based a little more. So, yeah, I'd say confidence can get you yeah. a, lot of, a lot of mileage. Okay, so Correct. intern Whitney's actually hooking up with Pat. It's been a big sketch, uh, like a big scandal around the around the, our podcast studio. So is that what you saw in Pat, is that... I he's just got a, he's got a crazy amount of confidence. You do, you do also need some physicality, correct? I Does he bring that? Baseline attractiveness. Okay. I was just baseline, checking. you need to be like yeah. not repulsive. Okay. But I think definitely you give me Luke, and then you give me a guy with a great personality. Like Pat. I, I like Pat, like Pat over here. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Pat over here just because of the confidence factor. Okay. So I don't have fifty shadow necklaces. Yeah. Well, would you factor that episode. in at all? Would if he had a puka shell ne necklace, but he was covered, dripped in confidence? I would mean, you let it slide? You might come out neutral. I think at that point. So it's gonna bring you down a few notches. Is so we may still bring him back, like we did with Venex in 09, but it's gonna hit hurt us a little bit. I see. But but that's gonna be more of a long term thing because I know in the short term it's gonna get shit on by a lot of people. But, cyclical. Yeah, it's it'll cyclical. Be, and and back. yeah, it'll be back. Okay. Second question to Whitney the intern is how much harder are you into a guy when he blows you off or you can't have him? Like the grass is like green like you 
No, not the aggressive, but he just, like, he blows you off for another girl. So, like, all that attention that he was giving you that you just kind of, like, took advantage of or assumed it was always going to be there is now gone, and he's into another girl. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. So, I think it's, uh, this is age-based. So, I mean, we're in the UFC. We're in high school. So, I think this move for a high school guy is a very strong move. Um, definitely going to be wanting to more he's been you know, showing interest and then plays me with another girl. However, there's a tipping point. Seriously. Oh, yeah, that get, good point. Involved so, yeah. Definitely you're just pissed off. I've, then you better watch out. I, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous game to play because, like, you want that guy to give a taste of it. Like, oh, you can't have me. I, I got other options. I can go to this other girl. But not go too hard with it because then eventually you just be disgusted by that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, that happened to me in high school once yeah. when I, yeah, I was, yeah, I was just getting crushed. I was getting crushed. Yeah. I was getting crushed by this girl. She was just owning everything about the dynamic. And then, so I was like, all right, I'm going to make an active play. Actually, it was just out of necessity. I was out of options. I had to move on because she made that decision for me. <laughs> but then as soon as I officially like moved on in my head and started getting into another girl, she was into it. For like a weekend. And then I went a little too hard. This is back when Instant Messenger was a big thing. She, I am me. And I went, I doubled down on it and like went a little like, oh, no, like, so I got the attention. That was exactly what I was looking for. Instead of doubling down, I should have just like come back with my tail between my legs. But then she would have probably, it wasn't going to work out yeah, regardless. Actually, now I think about it. Said. Probably cycle of just ridiculous. She just wasn't into me, so yeah, I should just realize. Yeah, that. she wanted you in her back pocket, though. That's yeah. Whole you did okay. Yeah. Intern Whitney, thanks for your input. Thanks. That was Thank awesome. In Good insight. All right. All right, Pat, Pat hit the next. <laughs> hit the next timeline plot point. All right. Uh, so really, it all kind of culminates with this Nickelodeon episode where uh, Jimmy's confronted by one of his clients. Um, and he has to admit to him that he does not have enough money to give him the check that he's wanting. Um, he gets the shit that he got. So, so one again, now that I'm at the life stage in life where I have an investment out there, I got one, one investment with some of my disposable income. A lot of my income is tied up in other in uh, in other things that are not going to appreciate in value, but frame basketball jerseys that I'm purchasing for my future basement. But I do have a real investment out there, combination of mutual funds, stocks, bonds. I don't want to bore I don't want to bore our non-viewers, but let's just say that I have one out there. And yeah, we lost a couple people there. Um, the only couple we had gone. So if I ever wanted to pull out like money and then it was just all gone and I don't even have like all my life savings in there, I don't know how else you would handle it besides how Holly's dad handled it. Jimmy, what Jimmy keeps saying, Holly's dad's like, yeah, man, I just want to get a check and I take care of this. And he Jimmy kept saying what? Real smug, like real smug, real like confident and weaselly. He got um, it's nothing that can't wait till Monday. <laughs> yeah, he just kept saying it's nothing that can't wait till Monday. What? Oh, and he and he just kept saying like, "Come on, man, don't our daughters look beautiful out there?" I I don't have kids yet, but imagine like, if my daughter, I'm past the initial stage of you know, daughter or son being like, 
they're now 18. So the bloom is off the rose on like, you know, needing to appreciate every single moment in their life. I feel like, again, I'm not a parent. So any parent that's listening is probably thinking I sound like a dumbass. But so they're, they're there. And like, he's got a couple hundred grand in the balance here. So it's like, yeah, I get it. Holly's dad's at Cotillion. He's probably appreciating his daughter's beauty. If you got a couple hundred grand in the balance and this dude's like being a total douche, I feel like you're you're gonna be way more focused on that, at least for the time being. Yeah. Give me that check, Jimmy. Give me the check. Alright, so I just wanna real quick um, go back a second because as they're going as they're talking about going to Cotillion, I feel like all we got in high school and all you see in high school is like parents when all these in all these teen dramas, the the kids freaking out that like, oh no, this boy, I need to be with him forever. If I'm not, my whole life's gonna be ruined. And the parents are always like, look, you're 16, relax, like just calm down. Whereas in this show, it's the other way. Marissa is talking about going to Cotillion, not going or whatever. And Julie Cooper, this is like when you start to see that she's about to be a villain. She was, she was like trying to convince Marissa to go with Luke because like, this is who you need to be with forever, Marissa. This is the guy who's going to take care of you. His dad's got a good job. By the way, his dad's a used car salesman. So not totally clear. We'll get to that later because Luke's dad's going to be involved in a a few plot, big, big storylines. But I don't understand like why in this show there's so much heat on you got to be with this guy. Think about the entire rest of your life here, not just short term. You want to have like some random sex with the guy from the other side of town. Uh, the mom, I mean, this like you now that you said she's just coming on as the villain. Um, it's just a real creepy move by her mom. Marissa's uh, already having a hard time. She's just spinning her up even more. Like. Yeah, she's not helping. She's she's not helping as a parent. I, I feel like she we need more from her as a parent. Yeah, and we will see more real bad parents. <laughs> yeah, the, the oh, bad parents. I'm excited to see how that, that starts to shake out. Um, one thing I did want to bring up that I think you mentioned while we were watching is that uh, so there's a big fight at Italian. Jimmy gets the shit beat out of him. Rightly and, so, by Holly's dad. Uh, yeah, Sandy and Ryan jump in, break it up. Sandy gets sucker punched. Yeah. So they can't let off. So after it's all over, Sandy's waiting for the police to show up. He advises Ryan, oh, yeah. as his lawyer, he said, as your lawyer, I suggest that you leave, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. But we see time and time again, Sandy just steps in as people's lawyer. Yeah. I don't know. He basically is everybody in the entire show's lawyer by default. Yeah. The entire county of Orange has a lawyer named Sandy Cohen. And... He's a public defender. From what I know about pu- like getting representation when shit goes down, I feel like the mode is always avoid – if you have money, avoid the public defender at all costs because they're just getting paid by the state. They don't give a shit. They have way too many cases. They're just like – they're being muled from case to case. I, like, I would just love to see the moment in life or even in a show like this where – the, the lawyer with all the confidence kind of steps in, goes like, don't say anything, I'm his lawyer. And then the guy looks at him like he's just busted and having a really hard time, like, you know. Uh, no, I'm going to say looks, something. <laughs> no, you're not. This isn't my lawyer. No, no, this no. Hey, I just want to be clear, cops, when you're reading me my Miranda rights and stuff, this is not my lawyer. So, I, I yeah, I probably will shut my mouth, but I'm not doing it. Because this idiot's told me so. I'm He's doing it because I just I know I shouldn't talk to you. 
But yeah, it's always like, hey, I need to get a real lawyer, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars so that these guys can like get me off. And so like, again, <laughs> again, I'd, I, I, I would like to see more in this show of people telling Sandy to fuck himself. <laughs> like, go fuck off. I don't want the representation. Thank you so much. Nice gesture by you. I appreciate it. That's not lost on me. But again, hit the bricks, bud. I'm going. I'm going for like the real deal, big time. That would be a really guy. Good I'm going to Keller and Keller. <laughs> All, right. All right, that's it for for the fourth episode, third podcast. We'll be back with the next. Check out more Vicarious Living episodes. Follow us on SoundCloud at Vicarious Living. You'll know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured. <laughs>